Well, I'm Brian Haney, one of the pastors here, um, but this is my last sermon here, so some of you can rejoice and some of you can be sad, but it's good. We're excited to be here. Uh, I want you to open your Bibles, if you have them, to Proverbs. We're going to start in chapter 12, we'll go back to 6, and then we'll move forward to 31. But if you have a Bible, as you could tell from the intro video, right, we're talking about the book of Proverbs. The world is fighting for your attention. It's fighting for you to listen to it on how to move and operate and how to think and how to treat others and how to see things such as work, see things such as relationships, see things such as who you should actually respect. Last week, Pastor Todd so you know, eloquently expounded the idea of one of the major themes of the book of Proverbs is that it begins, that is wisdom begins with the fear of the Lord. Such a huge part. And this idea of the fear of the Lord, that is an appropriate respect. That is a kind of a, I'm a little bit scared to draw near, but I'm also drawn towards drawing near to you. I want to be close because I know that you have what is needed, that you have and you bring life. But I'm also a little hesitant because it's a little scary. It's a little strange. And so today, tonight, we look at what work looks like. What does the book of Proverbs have to say about work? And now some of you are freaking out because I'm wearing gloves, right? You guys were noticing that. Some of you were extremely distracted. Some of you were like, okay, is this a new COVID protocol? And all you blue people were freaking out. But the fact is, I'm just wearing these because I thought it was fun. You're going to be getting these dads later as kind of a gift from High Desert Church for you for Father's Day. And it's fitting because the idea of work, working hard, it's all over the Bible. It actually begins with the Bible. But before I get too weird, I'm going to take these off because they really, really, and, and guys, don't be offended by the smell. It goes away after a while. But these gloves represent the idea of working. And the Bible talks about work all over the place. But the book of Proverbs talks about it just in a few spots. In the positive, it talks about it often in the negative. Like, don't be like this or you'll end up like that. The book of Proverbs, even as Todd mentioned last week, it's not to be read as something that is always true, but as something that happens most of the time. This is the way it normally is. Normally, it works like this. If you honor the Lord, things go well. If you dishonor him, things go bad. It doesn't always look like that. The book of Proverbs isn't something to be taken as promises. It's something to be taken as wisdom. That is, what can I learn from this and what can I do with this? And so in Proverbs, when it comes to work, we're going to see God's value of work. God's value of work. It starts, uh, you know, let me give you just a couple of passages from Proverbs chapter 12, verse 11. It says this, those who work their land will have abundant food. That's why we're giving you uh, gardening gloves. Those who work their land will have abundant food, but those who chase fantasies have no sense. The idea of chasing fantasies is the word empty. Something that has nothing beyond it, nothing to it. If you chase those things, you don't have any sense. The word is that you don't have heart. You lack heart. Heart tied integrally to what it means to be given over to God with all your heart. That, that wording 
about the heart is more than just your emotional state. That's not the point here. The emotional state is steered by the decision statements of your life. And so we look to God's word and we look to Proverbs to say, what does that look like? It looks like those that work their land have abundant food, meaning if you do work, you will be provided for. Another passage that has this very similarly spoken is uh, chapter 28. And if you have a Bible, you can flip over if you've got a glowy Bible. You're gonna notice something very interesting. It's almost the exact same phrasing. Those who work their land will have abundant food, but those who chase fantasies will have their fill of poverty. It's kind of an obvious reality. The obvious reality is if you work, then something will be provided. If you don't work, then you're chasing emptiness. The problem is, is your heart turned towards trying to chase emptiness to provide provisions for you? Or is it actually just seeing what's in front of you, what God's provided, what he's allowed and what he's done? All over the book of Proverbs, there's, there's also positives. Um, in chapter 18, there's some positives that it says that you'll be honored when you work hard, that kings will notice you. But these two passages in particular tie the working of the land to the abundance or to provision, which is very, very similar to what was spoken of all the way back in Genesis chapter two, where God made man and woman in his own image. And we get in chapter two of focusing in and God created man and he set him in his garden. That is God's garden. God created the garden, set it apart, and he put the man in there. And in chapter two, verse 15, it reads this, the Lord took the man and he put him in the garden of Eden to work it and to care for it. You see, God not only did work, we see that in the first few days of creation, right? First six days. And then on the seventh day, we see this term where it said God rested from all the work he had done. It's a different term, but the idea, the concept of God creating and making. And God, by the way, doesn't need anything. He didn't make it because he needed it. He made it so that he would benefit those that he made. And that's why we see him take the garden and he sets a man in it, the man in his image. He brings a woman along to help him because Lord knows we all need help, huh, gentlemen? And so he brings along his partner and he tells them, work, work. Because work is good. Because work is something I created. It's something that I do. Now, don't neglect resting, but you have to work. And so there's a few things I want to get out of the way before we even start this concept of looking into Proverbs. And that is first, and you can write this down in your notes, work was never designed as a punishment, but a stewardship given by God. God gave it, not because they did something wrong. This was all before Genesis chapter three, when everything went bad, right? When we rebelled against God in Adam and we said, no, don't want to listen to you. We want to create our own image of what it looks like for good and evil. And now we're living out the result of that thousands of years later where people are still redefining what God created as good and they're saying, no, 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 no. We don't want what he designed. We don't want how he set things up. We don't want what he says about mothers, fathers, children, and how to live and respect and all of those things. We want to create that in our own image. But before all of that, God said, work. 
because I'm giving you a stewardship. It's my garden. I'm putting you there as my image. And when you serve it, when you work in it, you will glorify me because you'll be like me because I just did a whole bunch of work creating everything that was. And so we see right there that we should want to work, not always be looking for ways out of work. That's the American dream, right? To be able to work so that you don't have to work. Funny thing is, God never set up a retirement plan for Adam and Eve. Never did he. Why? Because he intended them to be so connected and close to him, to eat from the tree of life because he's the life giver, that they would be sustained in their work for all eternity, bringing glory to God and bury the image of him to the, the whole universe. Now they fell into sin and when they fell into sin, that was ripped from them. And they started for looking for ways to get out of work. And so never think of work as a punishment. The second thing, proper value of work is grounded in creation. It's grounded in that. And so it's tied to the fear of the Lord. Tied very closely to respecting God. A, a proper value of work will see God for who he is. That is a worker, someone who does and creates Someone who cares. Last week, Pastor Todd mentioned a, a verse that brings these two together in Deuteronomy chapter 10. In Deuteronomy 10, 12 through 13, um, we were seeing the fear of the Lord being highlighted. In, in chapter 10, it's, it's kind of... Moses kind of giving the people of Israel some instructions and, and making them aware of some things. And so it reads this, and now Israel, the chosen people of God, the one God set apart to call his own, his possession. What does the Lord your God ask of you but to fear the Lord your God, to walk in obedience, to love him, to serve him? the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and to observe the Lord's commands and decrees that I'm giving you today for your own good. And it's interesting because that word you see there where it says serve, that's the exact same word that God gave to Adam when he said, work the ground, serve it. Fear God and serve him. Fear God and work for him. That's what Moses left with the people before he was dying in the second giving of the instruction of God. That is the law, the Torah, the instruction of God almighty to his people, telling them, if you want to represent me, which you already said you did, you said you would. That was a contract we had. And because of that, you fear me and you work, you work. You see, it's tied to this respect and this honor for God. I mean, Abraham's family would be fulfilling this mission of displaying to the world what it looks like to be living in the goodness of God. Another thing we can see, kind of an overarching theme, is a proper understanding of work sees work as worship. It sees it as worship. Now, we often think about worship in song, right? That's what we even call it. Oh, we're going into a time of worship. Let me tell you something. Let me destroy your image of what worship is. Worship is just not singing songs. Worshiping is everything you do. You're worshiping something with what you're doing. 
Will it be God? Will it be yourself? Will it be the state? Will it be the culture? Will it be your Instagram feed and the philosophies that make their way through that? Or will you make a determination that you will say, no, when I see things, I will see them as appropriately aligned under God. And when you see work, you can see it as appropriately aligned under God. Exodus chapter four, where Moses is given the instruction in chapter three, go tell the people to get out of the land of Egypt. Go tell Pharaoh that you need to let my people go. Moses scared, but listens. And then chapter four, verse 22 and 23, we won't deal with chapter four, verse one through following. It's very weird. But he says this, then say to Pharaoh, this is what the Lord says. That is the covenantal God of Israel. Israel, my firstborn son, I told you, let my son go that he may worship me. That word worship me is let my son go so that he may work for me. Same word, same word going back to Genesis chapter 15. Same word here, same word that shows up in Deuteronomy, same word that we read that if you do the work of the land, you will have abundance. And it's all tied to the fact that if we appropriately see and appropriately value work as before God, as honoring him, then it will appropriately be worship to him. Because we're all designed to worship. The question is, what are we gonna worship? You see, either we're gonna worship the Lord through our work or we're gonna worship something else through our work. And I don't know about you, but if your heart has been changed, renewed, restored by the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross so that you are made a way to be connected back to your maker and therefore have a restored image starting to push down into you through the power of the Holy Spirit, then we start to have a desire to work for him with worship. And the worship that we see is explained related to work in the book of Proverbs in three main ways. And so I want to just go through these relatively quickly. But the first one is this. Diligent work acknowledges the Lord's provision. Diligent work acknowledges the Lord's provision. Flip over to Proverbs chapter 6. In Proverbs chapter 6, verse 6, it reads this. Go to the ant, you sluggard. Consider its ways and be wise. Now, I've got to stop here because there is an awesome translation of the Bible. It's, it's called the CSB. But it translates this, and I love this. Go to the ant, you slacker. Now, think about that. Who in here likes to be called a slacker? Nobody. Listen to the ant. It has no commander, verse 7. No overseer or ruler, yet it stores its provisions in summer and it gathers its food at harvest. How long will you lie there, you slacker? When will you get up from your sleep? A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands, a little scrolling with the thumb, a little checking in on this, a little watching a YouTube of that, a little getting trapped and sucked into idleness. And poverty will come on you like a thief and scarcity like an armed man. Slacker. You see, there's plenty of negative examples in the book of Proverbs. And one is a slacker. 
And I love this, even tied to what we just spoke about related to the fact that it's grounded in creation. A proper view of work is grounded in creation. And God uses one of these tiny little things of creation, that is an ant, to show us the wisdom of what he created. Now, I have to confess to you, I don't like ants. They bother me. They get in the house. When you're camping, they might crawl up on your trailer. Not that I've ever had that experience and fill the whole thing. And if I'm honest, right, every time I see an anthill, I just want to set fire to it. Forgive me, Lord. It's your creation. But the idea of an ant, I want you to think about that for a second. It is such a good picture. Why? Because when was the last time you saw an ant just stand still? (laughs) Not very often. Unless you're like a little kid, right? And you spit and you draw a circle and they just kind of walk around in there. But the idea of an ant standing still doesn't make any sense. And who are they working for? They're working for their queen. And why are they working? Who commands them? Nobody commands them. They just go do it. Why? Because God put that in them. God put that in them. To be diligent. To work as as if something depends on their work. Because their life depends on their work. Another thing about ants that is very interesting, right? Ants aren't farmers. They don't plant nothing. What do they do? They pick stuff up. They just grab stuff. What are you? Do you produce? Do you make? You make it, right? Because, man, you're strong. Ladies, you guys are smart. You make it all. No. Like the ant. It all comes from him. That's why I love the picture of the ant. The ant just picks up what God provides. Now, he provides it sometimes through other people's hard work. He provides it through other people's scraps. He provides it through a number of ways. But here's what we know. Diligent work will add up to provision. See, God promises to care for his children, but he doesn't promise to help the slacker continue in their slackness. And so when we see Proverbs giving us this wisdom, it's trying to help us focus to the point that we can and should be diligent in our work. Hard work. Ants do manual labor. They just pick stuff up. Some of y'all don't like manual labor. Man, I love manual labor. I miss it. You know what? Ditches never talk back. You just dig them out, move on. Two by fours, they don't care. You can run a nail through them. They don't balk at all. They say, hey, that's what I'm here for. See, manual work is something that we sometimes in our culture want to get out of. If you were to take a survey of young people, one of the most popular professions that wants to be accomplished right now is what? A YouTuber, an influencer. Why? Because it looks like those people don't do any work. They just have fun all day long. On a side note, young people, just so that you're fully aware, those YouTubers that you think don't nothing, they worked hard to get there. They really did. You may not see all that, but never, never take what you see as fun and say, oh, because that's fun, it must not be work. We always have to show diligence in whatever we do if we're going to have the provision that God intended. God gave them a garden that was full. And he said, eat it, except for one thing, work it so that it keeps producing. And when you do that, you'll honor me. Don't turn away and start redefining what it looks like to be diligent. Just focus down. You see, 
Manual labor is something that is near and dear to my heart because I, I started in that. That's what I did. I was a contractor for years and I know what it is to be dirty and I love it. And some of y'all balk a little bit at, at manual labor because you just think, man, I don't know if I would do that. What was interesting is I just spoke with Pastor Kyle and Pastor George just came back from Sri Lanka visiting some of our missionaries over there from Surfing the Nations, the Carruthers. They had a wonderful time, but they stopped off in Dubai. And if you don't know much about Dubai, it's a country kind of made out of sand in the middle of <laughs> the, the world. And it's a very strange place because there is the most money you've ever seen in your life in Dubai. You know how much a manual labor gets paid there? $13,000 a month. Y'all want to line up for a shovel in the back? You see, so often we tie our work with our reward. That is, I will work hard if it's worth it. But if it's not worth it, I won't work hard. Tied to the wage that we're going to receive. But God's call is, look, like an ant, stop thinking about the wage. You just go and you diligently work and you let me handle it. You let me handle it. I know what you need. I know what's good for you. I know where your heart is steered. And so trust me. And that's why we encourage you to give to the church, right? Why? Because when we give to the church, we're acknowledging that all of it belongs to the Lord. God doesn't need your money. God wants your heart. And when you give some of your money, it is a lot easier to lend your heart. And when you are relying on him for his provision that he gives to you, and when you're doing that with diligence, man, it means so much more to you. And it helps you recognize so much more that all your provision comes from the Lord. So remember like the ant, don't be a slacker. Work hard. Why? Because in so doing, you are worshiping and honoring God and showing that he will provide. Colossians chapter Four or chapter three and four talk about this, bringing it to the New Testament. Slaves, obey your earthly masters in everything you do. Not only when their eyes are on you to curry their favor, that is to suck up to them, but with sincerity of heart and reverence for God, that is fear of the Lord. Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters. Do you see what it says there? It says, stop working only for your master. That is the person that you work for. And even if you own your own business, you work for somebody. Stop working for them, but, but rather turn your attention. Verse 24, since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. It is the Lord Christ you are serving. When you work diligently, you're serving Christ. You're honoring him. Anyone who does wrong will be repaid for their wrongs and there's no favoritism with God. And in case you were missing it, owners, masters, people that own businesses, chapter four, verse one, masters, provide your slaves with what is right and fair because you know that you also have a master in heaven. Everybody is under him. It's like the ants. And so we work as unto the Lord because when we work as unto the Lord in diligence, we bring honor to him. And this is something that I know very well because working unto him 
is not always easy and wanting to work hard only when the rewards are great. In 2007, I owned a construction company. And if any of you know much about 2007, you know it was a bad time to own a construction company. The faucet shut off. There was no more work. There was nothing to do. So I could sit back in idleness and say, God, why have you let me down? God, what is going on? But here's what I knew. Here's what I know. Here's the example that I had from my father, from my father-in-law, that you work, that you be diligent and let God provide. And I can tell you one thing and testify to you all. God provides. And I saw him provide from 2007 to 2009 like I would not believe. But did I work hard? You bet I did. 12 hour days. Why? Because God gave me the work. And so to honor him, I do the work. The second thing we can learn is purposeful work brings honor to God by caring for others well. Proverbs points this out that we need to have purpose in our work. Why? Because it honors God. But not only that, it cares for others well. What is the greatest commandment? To love the Lord your God with all your heart with all your strength, with all your mind, with everything you have. And the second one, it's just like it, to love your neighbor as yourself. See, we work to care. When we purposefully work, we're doing it intentionally so that not only it brings honor to God, but we can provide for others. I love the book of Proverbs. It uses the image of a woman. It was written to a young man. And it uses the image of a woman. It uses the image of a woman both positively and negatively. The adulterous woman that wants to seduce you into wrong thinking, that wants to seduce you into sin, that wants to attract you into turning away from God and turning away from wisdom. But there is the woman of wisdom. She shows up in chapter seven, and then she shows up prominently in chapter 31. And I love this because... We often, you know, we, we think about work and sometimes in culture, it seems like, oh yeah, um, my dad should be a hard worker. And we don't acknowledge or understand that even if your mom is staying at home, your mom is probably working harder than your dad at home. You see, work is not just what you get paid for. Work is what you do to care for others. Work is what you do to continue to see and cultivate what God has provided. And I love that God uses a woman, the character of a woman to display this. And so Proverbs 31, and if you have a Bible, turn over there because we're gonna finish out our time here. It reads this in chapter 31 of Proverbs, verse 10. A wife of noble character who can find. Now that's a translation. I don't think it's a bad translation, but I want to revert it to a more broad term. The word wife and the word woman are the same. And so I want to read it this way. A woman of noble character who can find. A wise woman who can find. She is worth far more than rubies. Verse 11 her husband has full confidence in her and lacks nothing of value. She brings him good, not harm, all the days of her life. She selects wool and flax and works with eager hands. She is not lazy. Verse 14, she is like the merchant ships, bringing their food from afar. She's not afraid of walking far with provisions for others. Verse 15, she gives up 
While it's still night, she provides food for her family and portions for her female servants. She considers a field and buys it. Out of her earnings, she plants a vineyard. She's industrious. Verse 17, she sets about her work vigorously. Her arms are strong for her task. She sees that her trading is profitable and her lamp does not go out at night. In her hand, she holds the mistiff and the grasp, that is, pieces of the spindle with her fingers for making things for others. She opens her arms to the poor and extends her hands to the needy. When it snows, she has no fear for her household, for all of them are clothed in scarlet. You see, this wonderful picture of Lady Wisdom is that she has more than enough. Why? Because she's diligent in her work. She's purposeful in her work. Notice the things that it said about what this Lady Wisdom is like when she is working. And this is in your notes. It inspires confidence, verse 11. It inspires you to to be confident in what's going on. She's eager to create things. And that's how we should be, eager to create things. Now, we live in a world where there's digital things. Don't get hung up on that. But the point here is that you want to be doing things. You want to be helping others. Why? Because it brings benefit to them and it, it displays the image of God. Again, God did not need to make things. He did not need to work for himself. He did that for his creatures, his creation. Lady Wisdom works when others sleep. She's forward thinking in her work. She looks at a field and she wants to buy it. She's industrious. She's an entrepreneur. She's strong at her work and she's generous with what's provided through her work. She provides for the poor. Did you notice that? And so when we look at Lady Wisdom, we see that we need to be purposeful in our work, not just diligent, but purposeful. That is, we're doing it for a purpose, for a reason. And if that purpose is for you, for your wealth amassing, for your retirement, for your leisure and ease, Proverbs says you're short-sighted. You're not seeing what God's wisdom says. Because God's wisdom says, I made you so that you would represent me. Yeah, you sinned. Yeah, you departed. But guess what I did? I brought my son into this world and my son showed you what it is to work. Giving of himself completely, even unto death, so that in him, you might be restored to me. My image, my purpose, my care for others can start to live through you. And it starts in your work. Purposeful work brings not only honor to God, but it cares for other people, cares for them well. Not just working in the things we get paid for, but working in the things that we don't get paid for. Working in the things that we see that God wants to use to affirm those around us, provide for those around us in our household and even those outside of our household. Now it's easy in our day and age and even with the entitlement programs of our culture sometimes to get frustrated with the fact that some people in our world can do no work and live pretty well. Guess what? That's not your problem. 
that's not your position. They will answer to God. And just like it said in Colossians chapter three, there's no favoritism with God. You don't worry about them, but you worry about you. Why? Because God has given you a new way of thinking. Stop comparing yourself to others. Some of the most purposeful people that I know are not wealthy. And some of the most slack people I know are wealthy. Has nothing to do with it. Don't worry about that. But be purposeful in your work because that displays the wisdom that God wants to provide you in it. And when you do that, man, you will have an appropriate understanding of work and you will value others well by helping provide for them. And I want to take a moment to just say happy Father's Day, gentlemen, those of you that are dads. I hope you know you're loved. I hope you know, guess what? You're doing a good job. Those of you that aren't, you know it. But guess what? You can do it. Put some diligence in, put some purposefulness in. And guess what? Your children will rise up and call you blessed. We're going to read that about Lady Wisdom later. But that's true of men too and husbands and wives and everyone who works diligently. You will be called blessed. But dads, here's what I need you to know. There's people watching you. They might be little eyes. They might be older eyes. I can tell you, I had wonderful examples in my father and in my father-in-law that showed me what it is to work with purpose, caring for others. Sometimes things work out well, sometimes things don't. But guess what? When you honor God and you work well, then other people notice. And I wanna tell you, fathers, people are watching, people are encouraged, people are excited by your diligence. So keep up the good work, gentlemen, because God will honor you for it. God will see those little minds shaped, even if they're just playing video games right now. Don't worry about it. You keep living out in front of them what is true, what is right. You keep teaching your children. Thanks for being in church and bringing them to church because you keep teaching them and God will honor that in your life. Purposeful, being purposeful in all we do. Lastly, Joyful works bear witness to your fear of the Lord and gives weight to your testimony before others. Joyful works. And this is where I switched it, right? I didn't use the word work. I used the word works because here's the thing. I hope you've understood. I hope you understand works and work are closely related. And so therefore, when we do good works unto the Lord, we are working, we are worshiping, we are honoring him, we are serving him. And when we do it joyfully, as God commands all things, in everything rejoice. Philippians, read the whole book. It's good for you. Rejoice in all things, all the time. Do nothing without grumbling or complaining. But do it joyfully. I don't know about you, but have you ever worked alongside someone who's just grumbling all the time? Are you that person? It's not fun, man. It's not fun to work alongside with someone. But when you, when you work alongside someone who is joyful in their work, and I don't care what it is, if they're joyful in it, man, they have a platform in your life. So let's look at Lady Wisdom again. Verse 22. She makes coverings for her bed. She is clothed with fine linen and purple. She's honored. 
Her husband is respected at the city gates. The city gates was like uh, the Instagram of the day. Everybody looking to it for what's really going on, even though that's not what's really going on. But everybody's presuming off of it. And it's this idea of in the prominence where people know who he is, what his wife or his partner brings value to him. The same is true in the converse. Men, you bring honor to your wives when you work hard and when you work in joy. Her husband is respected at the city gates when he takes his seat among the elders of the land. Verse 24, she makes linen garments and sells them and supplies the merchants with sashes. She is clothed with strength and dignity. She can laugh at the days to come. She speaks with wisdom and faithful instruction in her tongue. When she's working, she's not slandering her boss. When she's working, she's not grumbling about how difficult it is or how much they do and nobody else does anything. Instead, she just is faithful in her destruction. She watches over the affairs of her household, verse 27, and does not eat the bread of idleness. She ain't no slacker. Her children arise and call her blessed. Her husband also, and he praises her. Many women do noble things, but you surpass them all, Lady Wisdom. Charm is deceptive. Beauty is fleeting. But a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. Honor her for all that her hands have done and let her works bring her praise at the city gates. Let her works, that word there, not the same word as what we've been talking about, but it's a word that just means do, doing things, making things. Let what she does bring her praise at the city gates. Not what she says, not what she says she does, not what she presents to everyone as if she's doing, but what she does and how she does it joyfully. You see, I don't want you to get hung up on the fact that this is about lady wisdom and that it is talking about a woman because men, we have something to learn from lady wisdom. We should be like her. If you have a woman in your life who exemplifies what we've read in Proverbs chapter 31 of what a diligent, purposeful, intentional, industrious, gracious, faithful, joyful woman looks like, then you should try to live up to that standard in your life. Work is for everyone. Why? Because God created it as a stewardship, not a punishment. And when we do it joyfully, man, we have a platform with the people in our lives, with the people on our front row, with our oikos, because when they work alongside you in joy, you are working and you are doing, then guess what? They are elevated to honor God by their work. And I can't tell you where this is more exemplified than in the church. I work with a bunch of people who have joy in their work. I have worked alongside people for 14 years at this church in serving capacities who have worked diligently, who have worked purposefully, and who have worked joyfully to help create church for you so that your kids can have a place to go so that you can have seats to sit in, so that the place is clean, so that everything that happens, so that the lights are on and you can hear a voice and you can learn from the word of God, so you can sing songs with others. And the place where it should stand out more than anywhere else is the church of God. 
because we have the spirit of God dwelling in us to renovate our hearts, renovate our minds, get us to see the wisdom of work and the work of wisdom in our hearts and in our minds. And I can tell you for 14 years, I have had so much fun and joy working alongside people in this church. And it's a testimony to what? A heart given to God that honors God, encourages others well. And I can tell you, man, uh, there was times when I showed up (laughs) at the Apple Valley campus at 5 a.m. And there was people that met me there, not because they're getting paid, not because they have a job, but because they were there to work. And they were there to work with joy. And it encouraged me as someone who works for the church, but encouraged everyone who walked in that room in Apple Valley, in Phelan, in Hesperia, and here at Victorville. There is people preparing all week for you, doing it with joy. And here's what I want you to do. I want you to leave here with a proper understanding of diligence in your work, purposefulness in your work, joy in your work. And I can tell you this, that the people in your life will see God for who he is, your savior, the one who provides you the beating heart to honor, glorify, and worship him. And in so doing, it will give you an opportunity to share this great news of Jesus, death, burial, resurrection, and ascension, which is their pathway back to the father, back to life. Can I pray for you? Lord, thank you for your word. Thank you for how it instructs us and encourages us. Lord, I pray that that you will use through your spirit, you will use these words that we've shared from your word. Some of the ideas that you've given me in my heart to share with these folks, that you would have that be energized by your spirit because only you can make it make sense. Lord knows I don't make that much sense sometimes. And that's exactly why I plead to you, Lord. Lord, we wanna be a people that work hard, that honor you well. Not so that we can amass wealth for ourselves, but so that we can be people that look to you to point others to you so that they might be saved. And perhaps you're listening and you've never received Christ. And I didn't explain it very much tonight at all. All I did was explain the character of God. That is someone who cares for you, who created the earth so that you could enjoy it and so that you could see him in it. And so the message of the gospel is this. God made you and he wants a relationship with you. But because of sin, that relationship was severed. Sin is wrongdoing, rejecting God. You know what sin is. I don't even have to explain that. But here's what you do need to know, the good news. God saw you in your state and he sent his son to do a work on your behalf. A work that you could not do. That is to become a sacrifice for sin, to live a righteous life and then to die, even though he didn't deserve death, so that he might give you his righteousness. And that's what he did on the cross. He made payment for our sins, standing as a substitute He exchanged his life for our life. He died, but he didn't stay dead. He rose again. And when he rose again, he showed that he conquered death, that he conquered sin, that he makes a way. When he ascended to the father's right hand, he showed that you can in him, that is in trusting his work 
and faith in him, you can be reunited with the father. But it takes you believing that and it also takes you committing to it, choosing to commit to him. And you can pray a simple prayer like this. Lord, I admit my need for you. I know that you are the God of all creation. I want to come under your leadership. Forgive me for my sins, Lord. I believe that Jesus made payment in his work for my sin, and I trust in his work to be enough for me. I believe in him. Lord, I choose today to commit my life to following after Jesus. So take my life, all that it is, and help me work towards you forevermore. And if you prayed that prayer, you are a child of God, and we wanna know that. For the rest of us, Lord, may we live in that truth. So grateful for the work you provided in your son. And so, Father, we thank you for loving us, Jesus. We thank you for coming, for dying, for rising, for ascending. And Holy Spirit, we thank you for teaching us these things are true, for encouraging our hearts in them often, and for giving us the steadfastness to honor you in our work. Amen.